You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Y'all, welcome back to part two, my first two-part episode for Black Hair in the Big Leagues. I'm your host, Alicia Thomas, and I am so in love with Crystal and Lloyd. She is, I just really like her. (laughs) So I hope you're enjoying her episode. She's going to drop some knowledge in this part two. So get ready, y'all. Get ready. Um, Yeah, enjoy. Thanks for sticking around. Enjoy. Thank you. <laughs> welcome back. You're welcome. Um, okay. So my next question for you is, what do you do about headshots? I haven't even touched a headshot. Right. I haven't looked at a headshot yeah. in so long. How yeah. do you, what do you, what, do you, like, do you change yours? Do you have different ones with your twists? What do you do? Yeah, I, I, um, I feel like at some point I, I stopped worrying about headshots and I only say that because, because black girls hairstyles can change with shows. Even if I showed up with a headshot that had me with a fro, I could show up that day with, with braids. And I I just got very exhausted with feeling like I had to keep up with my headshots. And so I, you know, my agents weren't really sticklers. You know, my agents weren't like, you have to look like your headshot when you walk in. So I felt permission and a freedom to be like my headshot. And I feel this way with everyone. Headshots should be like, you know, like the way you keep an onion in your freezer, like in your refrigerator, it's a staple. Like you have an onion because you know, you're always going to cook with it. You're going to put onion with something. I feel like a headshot is that way. Like, here is my base look. Like, here's my staple look. (laughs) Worst comes to worst. If you don't like the way I look in the room, this is a look that I can give you. You know, so I feel like, I feel like for my headshots, um, you know, when I was in LA, they started out with natural hair because I had just, after college, I went natural and as time went on, the twist started to be the thing because I was in twist 80% of the year. And when I got to New York, it was kind of the same. So I was like, all right, I'll just keep doing shots with twists. And you know, you, you do photo shoots with friends and you do different looks. And I always make sure when my friends are like, Hey, can I shoot you? I'm like, great. I'm like, let's get a couple of just like, you know, so I have a variety yes. of headshots floating out that I use. Okay. Um, okay. But the the ones that are most recent tend to be either this hair or some like cute twists, you know. So cute. Because those cute. are the looks you're I probably going to see me in. Yeah. Right. Right. And you just touched on it a little bit. Um, can you walk me through your hair journey? Have you have you ever straightened and permed or none of that? Like what it. What's your hair doing? Oh, yeah. I'm from the South. I'm from, you know, East Texas. So uh, my mom used to iron her hair on her ironing board, you know, with her sister. An actual iron. Yes. 
<laughs> so when she had a daughter and she was a full-time teacher, it was about uh, what's what's most economic, what saves me time when I get her up in the morning. And I found that my female, you know, my aunts are the same way. They prefer a relaxed, you know, uh, head of hair. So my mom put a relaxer on me, I think as, as young as seven. And, um, I had rocked that until I was like 18. And when I got to college, I saw all these women around me who had these, this beautiful curly hair. And I grew up in a predominantly white community, white church, white school, white neighborhood, white swim team, soccer team, you name it. I was one black girl among, you know, probably 10, 15 white people everywhere I went. And the idea of seeing these women with this curly natural hair and, uh, it was so intoxicating and exciting. I was like, and they look beautiful and their hair is shiny and it is moisturized. Like it is not at all what I was made to believe kinky natural hair is going to be. And so I started asking questions and then like, I would, I went, I remember I got box braids my sophomore year girl. Cause that first year of college, I had like a cute, like relaxed look and I would, you know, I'd like blow it out and then I would flip it up. So it had this cute bob that yes, sat like right yes. here and it was a flip out. And so every time I would move, it would kind of like bounce with it. <laughs> it was it so silly. Cute. It is cute because in high school, I, I I was cast as Hamlet my senior year. And to be so method, I was like, I'm cutting off my hair. So, you know, oh, I had hair like down to here. God. And I told my mom, I was like, I'm cutting my hair like up to here. And I did my straight, relaxed hair. I cut yeah. it up to like uh, right above my ears. My mother was, she oh. cried a little bit. Because, you know, it's like That's long hair. <laughs> you cut you said, I'm so method. <laughs> I was so method in high school. I was like, I'm playing Hamlet, mom. And it's a boy. Like I'm playing a man. So I need to, if I'm going to, because I put a do-rag on, you know, to oh, keep the hair laid. Girl, so when I got to oh. college, it had grown out a little bit and I had a little bounce. And then um, my sophomore year of college, I got box braids. And I was like, I'm going to go natural. So I started wearing sew-ins and girl, I've had some interesting sew-ins. When you first start out, <laughs> I am so grateful for the black women in my life now. And the fact that, you know, I built relationships with black women because when I got my first sew-in, one of my black girlfriends at school was like, Chrislyn, this doesn't match this. She was <laughs> like, I'm sorry. She's like, I love you. I love you. But I like, <laughs> but you look this- crazy. This doesn't match this. Don't match this. (laughs) And so I went through so many weave journeys, sew-in journeys. I had had a sew-in that was like a light brown, and then I went like jet black straight at one point. And then I did like a water wave for like graduation. I need these um, photos. I need these photos. They exist. They're on my Facebook. Maybe I'll do some, maybe in, in preparation for that, for the, for this show airing or whenever you release it. I'll release some of the photos because yes, they're there. I, I had some that. interesting girl has some interesting sew-ins. I did one that was like a, like a, like a thing like to hear. It was like a whole. <laughs> so by the time I got to LA and graduated college, I took everything out and I had all this new growth 
And one of the things they don't tell you about new growth is if you get a blowout and a press, if that hairstylist is as good as she says she is, you may not get that curl back for a minute. And I didn't. I went and got a press and a blowout and she pressed that hair so straight. I was like, it took me, I had to wear my hair in rollers for like, four, five, six months, every, you know, wow. once a week I would wash and do rollers to kind of help my train my hair. And then, um, and then when I was a missionary overseas for like a year in Southeast Asia, I just wore my hair out like natural. I hate your works. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, I did. what? Yes. You were in a missionary? 2009, 2009, I quit acting. And just called my agent and was like, I'm going to be a missionary in Southeast Asia. Like, I'm leaving the business. <laughs> oh, and... my goodness. <laughs> now, if I had known then what I knew now, I would have been, I would have learned how to do protective styles because I traveled around Southeast Asia with a fro. And there are no products in Southeast Asia for black women. Interesting. Well, I, I mean- was using eggs. I was using oh. olive oil. I was like in people's kitchen, oh like mix, like mixing stuff, like in these, like in these people, wasn't. just like in the middle of Bangkok, Thailand, and like a, a like a like a home, just like mixing stuff. And they're like, oh, "Are you cooking?" And I'm like, "No, it's for my hair." <laughs> do you do you think it's still like that? Like they they don't have any black products. There can you are order no, from I mean, Amazon or Target? I'm sure you can. But at the time, okay. I was, at you know, I was, I, was a, I was a poor missionary. So it was whatever I could find. And Get then out that, of here. <laughs> after that, I, I, I booked the soap. And the kinky, it's, that's when the kinky twist started. So, I mean, from nice. there, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a journey. And also, that is just such a great, awesome, random fact that you're like also I was a missionary overseas <laughs> so random I can't believe I did that still to this day like what was I thinking so I you wouldn't do it again went. you you just like I have, left I have, I have compli- I have complicated feelings now about aid work overseas um you know because of America being the country that it is I don't yeah. necessarily know how I feel about white evangelical, you know, Christians with predominantly Euro-Christian upbringings showing up to predominantly, you know, uh, countries that are predominantly people of color, telling them how to worship a God that these white people are depicting as a white Jesus. Like, I just don't know how I feel about that. So, Mm. um, but you know, I would do it again. I don't regret that time at all. It was, it was so fun. I ended up getting this weird bacterial infection, which started oh doing something weird to my scalp because the way I got it is so freakish. I was bathing in river water. <laughs> <laughs> and because my hair because my hair had gotten so dry and I was using all these homemade remedies, like it was so itchy. And so I would be bathing in the river water with like a comb, you know, and putting the conditioner in and like combing my hair and it would feel so good on my scalp, you know, to comb my hair. But what I didn't know was that the comb was sharp and my skin was dry 
So it was oh. like, in a way, oh. it was so rough on my skin that in yeah. some areas, I think it like scratched the scalp and, but you're oh. bathing with river water and there's literally oh, living parasites in river, river water. So I remember near the end of my trip, my scalp started looking like it was peeling from like here, oh, like before shoot. my scalp, Mid like from like forehead? here, honey. It was like a weird color, like a darker color. And it was like looking like it scales. And I oh <laughs> was like silently losing my mind. Like freaking out. I came, I came across the world for Jesus. And I'm going to end up bald. Like. We're going to cut for a short ad break. How is that right? Right. You know what is so, it's like, I've always considered going overseas to do some type of like Peace Corps or something, but all my friends who have gone somewhere, they something happens. I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone of y'all got sick or something. What? It's, it's, it's a risk. I get it. You know, not everybody who goes over is going to get sick. Right, but, right. But I didn't. I didn't have a black Christian woman who had done missions. Like I had never met one who had spent time overseas like that. The person who introduced me to the program was a white woman, and so mm. had you know I known that black women had traveled for months out of the country, I could have called one of them up and been like, "Help me prep for this." And if you know, if a black girl called me now, I tell her protective style ship yourself, you know, yes. like, or have a friend ship you black hair products, like a re, um, uh, uh, you know, a restocking of it for your, for your yeah. personal inventory because, um, protective styles are just, it's just so much more manageable and feasible. And, um, I actually thought about writing a blog called peace, love and hair grease when I finished that missions Ooh. trip, because I was like, it would be so great to, to talk about my time as a missionary in case there are other black women who want to venture into that world. Yeah. Cause I just would have loved to have someone in my life who had had those kinds of resources. Um, so, right. Um, sorry, you just like pulled your curl and I, and it snapped right back and it looks so healthy and it looks so <laughs> moisturized and I'm just like, yeah, yes, 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 yes. What are you using? What products do you have in there? What? Oh, right. I use, um, black castor oil. I swear by it, you know, and I've had a couple of hairstylists who thought black castor oil was going to be too heavy for my hair type, but it right. works so well for me. My hair. So you grows. put it in the, the actual so hair, after- not the scalp? I put it on the scalp before, okay. um, and like, like today I was in a hurry. Um, and so I just did echo gel and oh, I'm going to rinse, Eco-Styler? I'm going to rinse. Yeah. Eco stylers. Like I'm just going to rinse it out like tomorrow. Cause you know how echo okay. gel does It's good for one day. <laughs> and then it likes to do, it likes to like, you know, put you on blast with the little white flakes. So yes, it does. Um, I thought that was just me. No. <laughs> It will put you on blast. And so I'll do it for like, it's, it's good for a quick temporary moment, but, um, I'm in wig season right now for my hair care. So I suffer traction alopecia 
and from like the last couple of shows I did and protective styles mm. and wigs. And so once we got into quarantine, I started seeing a black dermatologist because I was like, Great. is this going to be permanent? And he put me on Rogaine for women and uh, this other thing that's supposed to like soothe the areas where the traction alopecia happened. And um, so um, I, I, I just wanted to say that because I know a lot of black women yeah. in our business suffer from traction alopecia. It, do you feel comfortable saying what that is? For those yes, I don't mind at all. It's, it's traction alopecia. Um, you know, I suffered it from wig pins, you know, shoving yeah. of wig pins along my yes. edges and black yes. women already have genetically like our, our hair is fragile around some of our edges. And so yes. at least for my family, so I already have thin edges and, um, the shoving of the wig pins rubs against the scalp and it breaks the hair follicle off. And the more it keeps doing that, your hair follicle gets damaged. And so your body stops producing hair in that follicle. So you start to go bald. And the more it happens, the more of your hairs that will start to develop that habit of just not growing hair. And you can reverse it in some cases. Um, luckily my dermatologist was like, I think we can reverse it. And, you know, but there are some women who it actually starts to spread in different areas of their scalp. Oh. Once it's, once it's started in one area, because you're trying to constantly cover it up, you start to and unknowingly do it to the area around it, which is why once it starts oh. happening, I really just want to encourage women to just call a dermatologist. I have a black dermatologist. I can give you the info. Um, yes. and he was great. He understood. He was like, he understood hairstyles and black women hair. You know, there was no having to explain to him, you know, why this style works and this doesn't. So, um, yeah, I, I highly recommend if that's something you're noticing, you're noticing thinning, you're noticing yeah. that you have some bald spots, just call a dermatologist grab some Rogaine for women, wow. you know, let them, let them help you. There's, I'm I just so was glad like, that you're saying that because yeah. I, I feel like I've sat down, especially for this uh, with a lot of women on Broadway and we're all talking about the same, like, well, my edge is right here with right a pin here. joke. Like, I ain't got no hair right there. But everywhere else, I'm okay. Like, it's a thing. It is a thing. Eight times a week when you have to wear that wig and maybe some quick wig changes every time throughout a show, it's like, it adds up. It adds up. It adds and so, up. and it's a, you it can were be not aggressive, alone. especially, especially the <laughs> quick wig changes when everyone's like, uh-huh. and then you're like, okay, People are just shoving, people are shoving metal and, and silver and, and brass and, and sharpness into your scalp and your hair. And our hair is so beautiful. And, and, and the curls are, you know, they're fragile. You can't, you can't treat it like that, you know? Yes. (sighs) Oh my goodness. I'm so glad that you touched on that. And you know what, especially like looking at you, I would never guess that in a million years, your hair looks thick. It looks healthy. It looks full. And so I think it's a really beautiful thing that you like talked, touched on that because there are a lot of other women who are probably going and that's, the same. That is something my dermatologist told me. He was like, this is not uncommon, especially yeah. in our culture where wearing wigs is so normal. And the way that some women put wigs on with the glue and the 
you know, yes. if you, if you don't know what you're doing, you can, you can seriously damage your hair. So you're not alone, girl. Just like you said, you are not alone. Not alone. You are not alone. You're everybody like answer. truly. Come on, Grammy! Come on, Grammy! I was like, what is that behind her? Oh, yes, you better, honey. Also, your look for when you receive that Grammy is so freaking fierce. Oh, the tuxedo. Oh, no, no, no. It was the the jacket. It was the jacquard. The jacquard. Yes. And then you have that, like, I don't know, like a leotard underneath it. I'm like, oh my gosh. I love that look. I love that so look. The, the, it was it was designed specifically for me. I I got hooked up with this stylist named Lawrence Bass, and she had done I think Project Runway. And I told her Fierce. I was like, I want Game of Thrones. This is the Grammys. Like I don't know when I'll ever go to another Grammys. Give me Cersei Lannister from Game of Thrones. I want something dramatic. And I pulled out this romper from like Rent the Runway that had like a V cut right here. And then it yes. had like a, a halter. And so when the jacket hit and those shoulders, I was like, this is oh. it. This is it. Wow. <laughs> it was so fierce and very memorable. Um, I'm, I'm about to let you go. I do have one more question. And of course, I just. I'm so happy to talk with you finally to formally meet you. Well, I'm so glad um, you asked me. Thank you. Oh, you're so lovely and you're so classy. And I don't ever let these episodes go on this long, but I just love your energy and your spirit. And I'm like, I could hang out with you for a long time. So let me cut this off before this turns into a two-hour episode where it's I really okay. just want to hang totally out with fine. you. I felt <laughs> bad that we, we we ran a little late. So I'm 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 totally fine to to stick. Um so thank you for having me. No. Um I wanted to know being a part of Dear Evan Hansen, you knowing that okay, this is a successful show that's probably going to be around for so long. That was also, I think, your Broadway debut, which is so ironic because you've done so much. <laughs> how, how did you know when it was time to leave the show? Mm. You know, for me, it was the same feeling I got doing soap opera. It was this feeling of restlessness and you know for me my path was never straight musical theater even when I got to Carnegie I I wasn't in their musical theater program I was an actor that's what I graduated as was an actor but I ended up showcasing his musical theater because um I worked really hard to get that education and and convince them that I I could you know keep up with my my classmates and so Um, it's this, it's just the same feeling I got when I was like, I just knew that I wasn't supposed to stay in a musical for three, four, five years. One, I mean, (laughs) I don't think they were going to keep that original cast of 20 and 30 year olds (laughs) for too long. (laughs) It was all together. Yes. We, we together were a a good combination, but you know, I think at one point, even the producer had to go, you know, one of the blessings of hiring people those age is, is the maturity, but that show is for that Gen Z, you know, the show is for 
it's for everyone, but those are the stories being told are the teenagers. And so I knew I wasn't going to stay for much longer anyway, because I was like 30 something. So no, I, I knew that, I got, I'm not- you know, a lot of people didn't. And a lot of people didn't even know it was me when I, when I would talk to them, which just was so fun. But I, when I got the offer for, for paradise blue, um, I, I was like, Oh, yeah, I, I want to keep doing different types of theater and different genres and, and, and I want it to have different tones. And that's the one, you know, that's something that I feel very proud of when I look at my resume is that it's, it's a variety of, yeah. of different, of different things um, within our sphere of, of acting. And so I just knew it was time. It felt right. And you know, Phoenix Best had um, gone on for me when I was on vacation and it, it worked out perfectly that she could just come into the role. She actually lives with me right now, which is so fun. Really? Yeah. That's so so cool. it's, it's, yes, it's so sweet to, to be living with the person who took over for me. Um, but one of the reasons I also created that role was so I could leave it to someone else. You know, wow. when I said yes, I was every role I've said yes to since moving to New York, my thought has been, you know, I'm going to help create this role the best that I can for whoever's coming after me because I would have wanted that stepping into a black role, you know, that the woman in front of me who created it asked the questions that needed to be asked and set that role up to go to someone else. Um, Legacy is very important to me. So the idea of leaving the show so that another black girl could come in and make money and have her Broadway experience, I was like, yeah, I have no problem giving this role over to someone else. So we're going to end right there because that is okay. so beautiful. Thank you, <laughs> Crystalline. Thank you for sharing your spirit, your time, your heart, your experiences. This is have- so fun. Thank you. I have thoroughly enjoyed basking in your presence for the last hour. And same here, Salisha. Thanks, girl. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll see you later. Bye. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Y'all, Crystalline is so special, and she's got this warmth. And this presence that is just so calming. I had so much fun talking to her. I really did not want it to end. <laughs> oh my goodness. Y'all, please follow her on Instagram at Crystalline Lloyd. That's K-R-I-S-T-O-L-Y-N-L-L-O-Y-D. Ah, oh, what a gem. Y'all, shout out to the Broadway Podcast Network. Shout out to Wilton Music for producing my theme song, Love C.O.D. Um, you can listen to that on places where you can buy music. <laughs> I, I sang it. <laughs> and I just want to say, happy Thanksgiving. This is... um as a crazy time but also a day to be grateful and for the things that are uh, that are all right do you hear what I'm saying so I, I hope that you have joy today or whenever you're listening to this um yeah share like this uh give me some stars some ratings uh leave me a review tell your friends y'all oh my goodness and um 
follow me on Patreon. Thanks for listening to Black Hair in the Big Leagues. I'm your host, Salisha Thomas. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.